welcome to the 18th and final episode, our season finale. I almost said series finale. Our oh, season finale of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We are your hosts. I am paranormal author and ghost hunter Rick Hale. And with me, as always, is Stephen Lancaster, author paranormal investigator phenomenologist hey steven how are you oh hey what oh you forgot the sexiest ghost hunter man now uh, I, you know we we, we we played that out so much last week i you know decided not to go with that hey man i still got i still got fingers crossed for 2021 oh yeah i, I haven't i haven't heard anything yet but we'll see but yeah, yeah you guys that no longer exists should be getting to you anytime soon <laughs> i just got that feeling uh, so anyways, guys, we are at our season finale. We've got a lot to cram in tonight, a lot to show you. Um, if, if you guys watched uh, last episode, episode 17, we talked about a Dybbuk box mm. and inadvertently captured a voice while we were doing the show. Mm, and, that's not all. And that's not all, but you guys are going to have to stick around for the that's not all, because um, it is some wild, wicked... Really cool stuff, and nothing beats catching something when you're not trying to catch something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just makes it seem more realistic that way. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, paranormal bullying tonight and coattail mm. riding. Of course, we're going to cover the Dybbuk box again, what I've dubbed the Nightgown Ghost. So you guys will have to wait to check that out. Rick, uh, the video's you, amazing. you've got another incredible ghost watch. I do. What's going on with that? Well, we're going to be talking about, uh, and, I, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, Borg Vatnet Vicarage in Sweden. It is, without a doubt, you know, and I know it sounds really lame saying, the most haunted, but yes, it is the most haunted place in Sweden. So we're going to be exploring the Borg Vatnet Vicarage in uh, this week's Ghost Watch. Excellent, excellent. So later on, we're going to have the Bore Me to Death Vicarage. Right from Ghostwatch. <laughs> so, guys, uh, you know, typically Rick and I just kind of shoot the shit, and this is actually going to be kind of a little surprise for Rick. I, I didn't really um, talk to him about it. Um, but defer before I even get to that, I do want to mention, you know, 18 episodes in, Rick. We're into this yes. adventure. We, we're building an audience. I calculated just between YouTube and Facebook. Okay, now we're okay. on... A bunch of other sites, man. Odyssey, um, Utreon, a bunch of streaming sites. But we mainly focus on YouTube and Facebook. Right. And so we have 13,920 unique viewers. Wow. Now that's that incredible. That is a lot. Almost 14,000 unique viewers watching us now i'm not sure how i feel about that but that doesn't count because the the um analytics they don't they don't count uh mm -hmm. smart tv streams and oh, we okay. know that most of our facebook friends and stuff are watching us on their smart tvs yeah they've actually sent us photographs mm -hmm. of our um ugly punums on their tele on their smart tvs i mean i have friends that send me every joke like when i'm making fun of rick they just send it to me watching it on their smart TV. It's fantastic. But uh, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. But something, Rick, that we haven't really done, because okay. we don't make these other sites that we're on really known, you know, blog talk, all this. Well, we get yeah. comments there. 
And, oh, and I, I decided okay. to actually look, uh, and, and uh, I just wanted to throw a couple of them your way. Uh, um, oh, guys, no, it, no it's these, a, these are great. Okay. These are great. It's, all, it's always scary because the internet is like 99.9% .9 people who can be, you know, a little on the unkind side, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm saving for all the ones about Rick for a very, very special edition of Shadow It's going to be a special it's gonna be a special summer uh, after school special yeah, shadow initiative. Yeah, you know how you see on on the the late shows, you know, celebrities reading mean tweets. You know, we're gonna have sexiest paranormal investigator reading the troll comments about Rick. It'll be fantastic. Oh, I thought you were talking about me, uh, me the sexiest paranormal investigator. Okay, no, but that's Let's you. Let's try to keep the show believable, man. Okay, so, uh. Guys, we did an episode, episode 12, Hoaxing with Danny Duffy. And this was the guy, if you missed the episode, had allegedly found a human skull and exploited it all over oh, YouTube, trying to get his 15 minutes of fame. Well, this guy made a comment, and he says... It was ugly. Danny has stupid eyes. There's no intelligence in his eyes at all. He said, I've seen him on numerous shows here in the United States. From the moment I saw his face, I knew everything about him. And he is definitely nothing more than an attention-seeking fame chaser. Wow! Did you wait? Did you say United States? Did you mean United Kingdom? No, he, this this comment said United States. United States. Okay, because I, I know that Danny is Duffy is mm. is uh, in the United Kingdom, but wow! Ouch! Yeah. So God if, you, damn. <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out that episode, we're not as kind either um, when it comes to this kind of uh, nonsense. Um, another comment which I found really interesting was on the episode uh, when we had Keith Linder on. And mm. that was episode 9, guys. You want to check that out. Really cool poltergeist story. Um, but this comment says, and I think you, you'll want to talk briefly about this, Rick. Um, okay. Keith seemed to be experiencing the hitchhiker's phenomena, in quotations. Okay. Talked about out at the Skinwalker Ranch with being followed by the phenomena. His case is very interesting. So have you heard of this hitchhiker's phenomenon? In other words, you know, an attachment. Uh, no. I mean, that must be a fairly new um, term. I, I've never heard that before. I mean, I've always used the term attachment, but hitchhiker phenomena, I kind of, kind of dig that. I think yeah. I might start using that. Yeah, it, it, I, that was the first I heard it, too. Like I said, it mm -hmm. just means attachment. He, he's got an attachment. Um, right. Now, this next, this next one. Is a topic all itself, and, and, and we'll give it maybe five minutes because I know you're going to have plenty to say. Okay. This was more or less a question. For us? The, uh, you could say that, you know, or okay. just the paranormal in general when, okay. it, when it comes to investigating it. Boy, you're going to love this one. All right. Uh, question. In states where smoking marijuana is legal, would you smoke before an investigation if there was a controlled scientific approach to the investigation? There's an unwritten moral and ethical code not to do investigations while under the influence of drugs. But why, mm -hmm. but why limit something when it could possibly be a step forward to the truth? People sage locations all the time, and I see no scientific value in that approach. It's been done and nothing has happened. But mm -hmm. if a true scientific investigation after smoking a joint, is that such a bad thing, dot, dot, dot. Now, I responded. I'm going to say what I said, and then I'm going to let you roll with this. Okay. I said, if it's for a personal experiment, go for it. Mm. Whatever. 
I said, otherwise, all of your claims would be dismissed since you were under the influence of pot, pills, alcohol, what have you. You answered yourself with this contradiction, and I quoted what he said. People sage locations all the time, and I see no scientific value in that approach. It's been done, and nothing has come off of it. But a true scientific investigation after smoking a joint. Dot, dot, dot. I said, if there isn't any scientific value in sage practicing, how can being high be associated with a true scientific investigation? I said, I see this brought up a lot, believe it or not, and it always comes across as an excuse just to get fucked up before an investigation. For me, <laughs> I said, for me, not hold back, homie. no, I said, for me, I wouldn't allow any investigator calling him or him, herself a professional to research my location if they're fucked up. I said, that's mm -hmm. asinine and unprofessional. I said, the crew I work with undergoes yearly background checks, drug testing willingly, unless they are prescribed something, no drugs allowed. But even then, depending on what they have subscribed, uh, their participation could be limited, if at all. I said, what you are suggesting would be best left for another fake and overdramatic TV show. So, this Whoa. guy is wanting the okay from the paranormal community to get fucked up and go investigate because he thinks it has scientific value. Take it away, Rick. Dude, you... Uh, Steven, if there's, if that is one of the things that I love about you and respect about you. You are not afraid to to really tell people how it is. So, okay, here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, first off, marijuana is not not an hallucinogen, so it's not like you know you're dropping acid or you know or smoking what they call a sherm stick, and then going on an investigation and um you know it's like you're seeing things that really just aren't there completely um so it's not a hallucinogen and but it does kind of heighten your senses a little bit from what i understand um personally i don't smoke marijuana i'm not even really much of a drinker the only time i really smoked weed was when i was going through cancer and i had the amputation and i absolutely did not like it and it caused me to throw up mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't, I don't care for it. Um, but yeah, this guy is just looking for somebody to tell him, oh yeah, that's totally cool for you to go out there and get completely screwed up, either drunk or stoned or whatever, and do an investigation. I, I, I would, I, I, I'm going to be a bit more diplomatic than you were, but I'm just, so I will just say that that is an extraordinarily bad idea. I think so, and for the record, I have nothing against pot. I did it when I was younger, you know, mm -hmm. in my college, musician, I'm going to be a rock star days. But the funny thing is, and I, I enjoyed it then, but when I got older, like I think the last time I tried it, maybe two or three years ago, and I couldn't stand it, man. It just like mm -hmm. ruined my night. I, it just wasn't the same as what I remembered, so I was like, eh, whatever. You know, but I had nothing against people that do it because it does have uh, medicinal purposes and, and it helps people that can't otherwise get help. So I have no, no issue with that. Yeah. But so when going investigations like that, I don't know. If a group of paranormal investigators come rolling into my house and they smell like weed, and look, guys, you guys out there that think you're hiding it, no, you're not. You're not. You get out of your car, you reek, man. Okay, so don't even try to pull that one. If they come, they, I'd say, guys, just turn right around. Yeah, get just get out. And, and that's and that's kind of what I wanted to to address there. 
you are are not doing any favors to the paranormal community, paranormal field, whatever you want to call it, by showing up to an investigation either drunk or high. You're not doing us any favors. You're just as bad as the people who intentionally fake evidence or, you know, cats like this Danny Duffy guy Mm -hmm. who is intentionally exploiting a very bad situation. And you just, you're not doing, you're not doing us any favors. And to have like a television show where people go on paranormal investigations all, all messed up, it's uh, not only is that, well, okay, I'll say it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because some of these places are old, they're decrepit, they're falling in on themselves. You need to have all of your senses um, around you. You need to be able to see, per- see clearly, hear clearly, feel clearly without something that is completely messing you up. I know people will, you know, talk about Carlos Castaneda and his experiments with peyote and opening the doors of perception and all that. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome. But that's why you're under the influence of these things. So it's like, is it the thing that you're under the influence or are you really opening the doors of perception? Right. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not a medical doctor. And um, so it's like, I will not you know, answer that because I just don't know, but I don't think it's a good idea. Well, with that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break. You guys are watching the season finale of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We've got Ghost Watch coming up. We are going to play over the air a very vivid disembodied voice that we inadvertently captured on last week's episode and nobody made mention of it. So you all missed it. It was there Um, and it's still there. And uh, we're going to show you a manifestation that was also captured inadvertently thanks to this show. But when we come back, Rick is getting himself in the the O'Bannon, dazed and confused, bullying mode. He's getting sick and tired of me talking shit. So he's going to be coming at me with paranormal bullying. So you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, catch up on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV at our official website, shadowinitiativetv.com. Watch the show, learn more about the hosts, and read our paranormal blog, shadowinitiativetv.com. You can also find us and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash label13videos. Interact and like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV, where you can find endless videos, full episodes, paranormal talk, and so much more. So we just started our, you know, season finale, and here we are, you know, where's Rick? And I don't know, he might be going to get a gun or something. He wants to talk about paranormal bullying. And I really think, I really think he's bringing it up as a dig on me. I really do. You know, this feels like one of those confessionals you see in like those reality TV shows. You remember they'd get in a little confessional booth and talk about the people they got to live with or work with. You know, that's just this kind of, you know, that's, that's, just, that's what this is. This is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV Confessional. Where, you know, I talk about all of the hardships, all of the struggles to stay awake, you know, working with Rick, 
you know, humoring him, doing that fake laugh, because you guys know when I do the fake laugh, you know what I mean, that I'm not really laughing, you guys are sitting here like, God, Lancaster pulls that off, like, I would truly believe that Rick believes that he thinks he's funny, you know, but these are the things I gotta deal with, you know, and it's like, like right now, you know, we, uh, we're in the middle of our season finale, Rick's gotta go get coffee, Rick's gotta go to the bathroom, you know, who's left, who's sitting here, you know, Lester, you know, maybe Lester needs to start co-hosting the show. Think about that. But anyways, here comes Rick. So we'll get back to it. Get that doll out of here. <laughs> hey, man, we just had to kill some time, and it actually gave me a new segment for the show. I was talking about, um, you know, like one of those old reality shows where they would have, like, the confessional booth. And mm -hmm. they, they would go in and just talk to the camera about the people they're living with or dealing with or working with. So I was like, there you guys go. This is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV Confessional. Now, I'm, and I just kind of vented a little bit, you know, just let some things. I, got, I had to get some things off my chest. Okay. You know, so it's all good, buddy. So anyways. Uh, what, I don't know what we, <laughs> What did you have to get off your chest? And nothing, nothing, not a thing, man. Welcome back, guys, uh, to Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV season finale. And Rick has a great topic. It, it, it's an excellent topic. Not a lot of you out there, you, you just, the, the normal viewers that aren't really into our lifestyle or, or line of work, I should say, you don't experience this. And I think a lot of the things that we talk about on here, you guys are probably hearing for the first time, like, wow. You guys deal with this and the Unity stuff and blah, blah, blah. And yes, there is paranormal bullying, just like in any other community, just like any other thing. There, There's bullying, and Rick is going to take us into that. Yeah, so anyways, um, I a couple days ago, earlier in the week, I get a, um, a friend request from a guy that I was friends with a couple of years ago. And for whatever reason, he... Um, unfriended me and blocked me a couple of years ago. So I get this friend request from him. So I am, I'm curious because I, I accept their friend request because, you know, I'm like one of those really super forgiving people. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so I send him a message and it's like, I'm like, hi, uh, we'll call him Walter. He, he wanted me to keep it anonymous. So we'll call him Walter. I'm like, hey, Walter, where have you been? I was afraid I pissed you off. So later on, a couple hours, a couple hours later, he um, he writes me back and he's like, hi, Rick. Thank you for accepting my friend request. I must apologize to you for going missing. And it was absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with you. Unfortunately, I came in. He's he's British, by the way, so he's going to use, you know, their you know, their, their terminology. I came in for some bad bullying from other people in the field, and I got to the point where it affected everything, especially my mental health. I made a knee-jerk reaction where I closed everything down and stepped back from it. I even closed a page that I'd opened on Facebook promoting a new project because they found it and started bullying me on there. However, everything is now good, Rick. And again, I apologize for not letting you know, as that was very wrong of me, and I'm truly sorry. It's like that, you know, it's 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 very easy to forgive something like that, especially when something like that happens. And like you said, a lot of people, they really don't know what it is that we have to deal with. But one of the things that we do have to deal with is paranormal bullying, where that's, you know, somebody doesn't like what you're doing. Um, 
So rather than being critical, they just talk shit about you. And they go in for all of the character assassination, um, digging up whatever dirt they could find out about you. Um, another really popular thing that, pe that people do, if you don't like their uh, specific paranormal celebrity, uh, or if you don't believe in, you don't go in for all like the demon stuff, that's another thing. Where, that, that's two things where people are going to hit you with. And um, I know that personally, I have not really been sub subjected to the bullying thing per se, but I have been passed over and left out because I don't like a certain paranormal celebrity. Like, I don't like Zach Bagans, have no respect for the Warrens whatsoever, and I don't go in for the uh, mafia mentality of the Chicago paranormal scene, where one person is on top and everybody else either kisses their ass because they're afraid of them or they want something from them. And I don't do that kind of thing. So, you know, Stephen, what are your thoughts on the on the problems with paranormal bullying and or just, you know, being passed over or left out because you disagree with something? I think it, uh, first and foremost, it goes back to what what you and I have discussed on this show about professionalism, where yes. you can have different opinions and still respect each other. You and I disagree on a lot of things. We agree on a lot of things. But mm -hmm. those things we disagree on don't define us. It doesn't define our relationship, you know? Right. And, and there, there's just some people, it's like that. Like like you, you said, especially with Zach Baggins. Now, I've, I've experienced this dude tenfold. And when it first mm -hmm. started happening, I, I, I took offense to it. I took it personally. You know, there, at one point in time, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but at one point in time, you could not touch anything paranormal in the southeast without my name being associated to it. And okay. that caused a, a lot of problems. Where, where, you know, people were getting mad at me because, and we'll take the Brentwood Wine Bistro, for instance. This okay. was the choice of the client. The client chose me to take on the research of that location. Okay? And, and with that, they didn't want anybody else in there screwing anything up. Yeah. Now, you had the people argue, well, maybe somebody could come in with a different perspective. Yeah, I took care of that. That's why I have a team, you know. But they were, people were attacking me like, oh, Lancaster gets these monopolies and nobody else can go in and investigate them and blaming me. Mm -hmm. When it was truly the client's decision, that was up to them. But, you know, I couldn't throw that back at these people because then they'll harass the client, you know, and it's yeah. just ridiculous. It, it shows unprofessionalism. The, the, the Zach thing, you know, I, I, he, he says I haven't lost him as a friend, but I've lost him as a friend. This is a guy who I've worked with in the past, um, did a TV show with in the past, uh, wrote, wrote part of his, one of his books. Um, promoted the shit out of him. We were really good friends. Really good. We were actually working on another book together last year. Mm -hmm. And I happened to see pop up in, in one of the paranormal groups on Facebook uh, a recent episode, people talking about a recent episode of Ghost Adventures. Okay. And it was a priest, investigator, and a few other, I don't even know their names, okay? So I go in there and I said, you know, this is the kind of stuff that just makes me sick. It saddens me that 
these this group of people went into these poor people's home who obviously and clearly had mental issues and mm -hmm. they're they're telling them all this religious stuff they have demonic force in their house blah blah and i'm saying this is the kind of stuff that just makes me sick these people should be ashamed of themselves for lying yeah. to these people yeah and dude i got slammed next thing i know because this this was a a if you don't like zach baggins don't come into this group group mm -hmm. okay and i got all of a sudden i got um a message from my good friend he goes dude what are you doing i said what do you mean and he goes you're you're what you were posting about my friends i said who's your friends and it was the very people that were in that episode that i was disgusted with and i mm -hmm. said well, first off i didn't know they were your friends man you know secondly you know i think what they did was wrong and he got upset with me because he's a big Zachite. He really is. And if that's yeah. who he is, that's who he is. Okay? Um, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. Uh, he pretty much made the decision. And, and it kind of stung because him and I have known each other for like 13 years. Before he even knew these people. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and he chose them over me. I'll just flat out say it. He chose yeah. them over me. And yeah, we're still connected on Facebook digitally. Mm -hmm. You know, by that friend thing. But... We don't talk. We don't talk no more. We don't call each other on the phone. Nothing. That's over, sad. over that that comment, and it was nothing but I was nothing but tactful. And then the bullying started. You see what I'm saying? Where it became untactful yeah. from their side, and it was like, how could you say that about my friends? Well, dude, where were you when, you know, back in the day when people were attacking me? You know what I'm saying? So it kind of said a lot. It kind of told me a lot about this guy, which led me into the what I was talking to you privately, is, is the coattail riders. Right. And, and I'm sorry. That's exactly what my old friend is. He's riding with that Zach Baggins crew. He's been on their show. Of course he's going to be pro-Zach, because he thinks Zach's going to get him somewhere. He And he was with me. Same thing. And it, it mm -hmm. showed me, when it came down to me who I thought was a true friend, or a paranormal celebrity who fakes shit on TV, he chose him. Yeah. See, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring up the uh, coattail writer, because I did have that happen to me. And I, I thought it was, like, one of the most ridiculous things in the world. But when I started, uh, I don't know, it was, like, 10, 12 years ago or whatever, when I started um, hosting Paranormal Underground Radio, I was part of the um, McHenry County Paranormal Research Group. Mm -hmm. And there was um, there was a member of the group who, you know, I thought, well, I was good friends with. And, you know, I was really excited because I'm like, you know, hey, it's like I've been asked to host this show. I've never done anything like this before. This is going to be so awesome. We, Paranormal Underground was one of the very first uh, paranormal podcasts out there. One of the first. And, um, you know, this, this person started saying stuff like, oh, you know, I'll carry your bags for you and, you know, I'll tag along. And it's like, it's it's just hosting a podcast, hosting a radio show. This is not, it's not, it's, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, but at the same time, it's, it's not going to make me famous. And that's the thing, it's like, I'm not, I, personally me, I'm not interested in being famous. Now, if the opportunity came up for me to be involved in a television show, 
yeah, I would probably, I, I would, I would be interested, as long as it's something that's done correctly, um, or done, you know, or you know, my input is taken seriously, and not some producers like, well, you're going to fake a bunch of shit, and we're going to put it on TV. I, I, I'm not interested in that kind of thing. Okay, so it's it, it just it comes it boils down to like these are very um, disingenuous people. They don't really care about you. They only care about what you can do for them. Yeah. And I had another one like that. And you and I we've talked about this. And and I'm not going to mention his name. Um, another guy who um, basically used me and got what he wanted, and then. Boom, gone. And you know who I'm talking about because mm-hmm. yeah. we've talked about it extensively in the past. So it's like it does happen where there's you get your coattail writers, they get what they want, and then boom, you're gone. Like I had with these two people and like what you had with this guy who was supposed to be your long-term friend. Yeah. And um, it, it just sucks because there are little cults of personality that do spring up in the paranormal community, in the paranormal field. And, you know, it makes people go crazy and i you know i'm a pretty perceptive guy i can read people really well it's that background in psychology but i've made mistakes i've had people that i've brought onto my crew that were there for nothing more to be in front of a camera that they thought they were going to get somewhere and of course they they got weeded out you know when Mm -hmm. i started hearing things like how come you're the one that's always getting paid for these lectures how come you're the one doing these conventions how come you're the one going on biography channel and, and I would look at them and, and tell them all the same thing. I'm not stopping you from writing a book. I'm not yeah. stopping you from doing any of this. I did this stuff, and, and this, what, you know, this is what it's led to. You know, you do it. Do it. Go write, write a damn book. Put it out well, there see, and do the work. Yeah, and, and here's the thing with that, too. Here's the problem. You have a bunch of, a bunch of people, they are expecting to be famous. Mm -hmm. They're expecting it. They have no real discernible talent whatsoever. Um, And you can tell that by reading a lot of their social media posts, just the grammar and punctuation is abysmal. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have no real talent other than holding a camera. That's it. Can that be a talent? Sure. When it's, you know, done in a professional setting, but it's like, like you said, like you wrote the books you do this stuff. You put this show together. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. When it comes to this show, Stephen is the one that does all the technical stuff. Yes, you. And I'm giving you the credit because the credit you deserve the credit. He does all the editing. He puts this show together, and um, so basically, all I have to do is show up. You know, of course, I get the occasional, you know, guests. Actually, I've got most of the guests yeah. for for this season. But really, Stephen, he is, dude. You're the talent of this show, man. You well, know? and I'll be honest with you. It takes two to tango. Like like sure. ma- many of our our uh, audience has said, we are just a good. Some people click together, and some people don't. You know, you can try to put two people... It's like the buddy cop. You know what I mean? The buddy cop Mm -hmm. movies and stuff like that. You got to put the right combination. Oh, God, can I be Riggs? (laughs) (laughs) You got to put the right combination of people together. You know, 
it's you know because I've done shows where the other person just isn't someone to bounce off of. The other person just yeah. isn't there. It isn't right, and we make a, a, a good combination because without you, if I cover cover the other side of the screen, it's just me rambling, you know, it, mm-hmm. and that's gonna get old <laughs> real yeah. quick. But yeah, video side of it, I love doing that. It's it's always been a hobby of mine to edit. And, and I don't know, I don't I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I and it's not for a lack of trying. I have, but I just I don't have the technical acumen for it. Well, with that being said, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we are going to show you what you missed last week. By, oh, this is yes, so awesome, guys. You're going to love it. By playing a disembodied voice that is going to give you chills. It's giving me chills now. So, guys, check out this commercial, and we'll be right back. Hey, my friends. Check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We are your hosts. I am Rick Hale. And sitting approximately 1,200 miles away from me is Stephen Lancaster. So, Stephen. Rick. I am excited about this because this, these two pieces of evidence were captured well one was captured while we were filming last week's episode Mm -hmm. and the other one was captured um apart from it Mm -hmm. but they are amazing pieces of evidence so why don't you set it up and then we'll knock it down okay i like how you put that so guys last week we did part we did a haunted salvage segment and that's where if you're new to the show where i bring on an allegedly haunted item that I have in my possession, and we talk about it. We tell the story behind it, um, if anything paranormal is actually derived from it, that kind of thing. Well, we brought on this box that you see behind me here that always sits there. It is always sat there for every show, and we finally bring it on. It gets moved last week, and Rick and I are talking, and we're talking about the story. What's the story behind this box? And it's a very dismal story so if you guys didn't watch that episode we're kind of somber about the only time that you've ever seen us like that Um, because it's hard to talk about it's hard to swallow and i didn't even give every detail because there's certain details that i wouldn't bring myself to say um, just because it's just too heinous but um anyways long story short rick and i are talking about it and a voice comes out of nowhere now we didn't notice it because we were doing the show. Well, like right. Rick Rick said uh, in the last segment, I put the show together. So I'm sitting here in the same spot behind the computer. I'm putting our show together for last Friday night. And that's when I hear it. I'm like, what was that? You know, so I listen to it over and over and over again. So then I drop it into my audio software. I find it in the audio software. I'm like, okay, now I can isolate it. Now I can pull it out because the way I... Re- and what's beautiful about it 
is the way that I record Rick and myself is Rick is in the right channel and I'm in the left channel so this shows in stereo so that means when I loaded this file which you guys will see on the screen because I did a screen capture to show how I worked with this file where you can see no manipulation other than amplifying it so you can hear it better there's no other manipulation well with that being captured on the left channel that meant it came from this side which is where this box is at and with yeah. it being captured because i was worried because rick was talking at the moment it happened and i was worried that uh, i'm not going to be able to pull the voice out but when i dropped it into my audio software it was by itself because it sat in the left channel so i could mute rick's side and there was the voice i amplified it i sent it to rick and before we even play guys what did you think rick when i when i sent that to you and you, you listened to it well it's it's funny that i was actually able to hear it because at the time i was at a uh, um every thursday night my son and i would go to you know one of those um trampoline parks mm -hmm. and uh you know that's that's within the area and um because uh, Jamie works late at the hospital that night. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like listening to this and it's like, I can hear this while all this noise is going on around me and I'm listening from my phone. So it's like, I, I was completely blown away by it. But the thing is, is like, it doesn't sound like it's English. Mm -mm. No, it doesn't. Wh right, which fits in with the story about this because you said that it came from Turkey, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, I don't speak Turkish. Stephen doesn't speak Turkish. So it's like, I don't know what this voice is saying, but it's definitely there. And if I can hear it at a trampoline park, then I can, then you're going to be able to hear it here. But you have to really listen. And uh, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your ass away. So with that being said, guys, we're going to play it for you. What you're going to see, uh, looped a couple times, is the actual, real, unedited segment from last week where the voice took place. So see if you even pick it out, seeing it how it was um, broadcast live. Then after that, you're going to see the audio software that I dropped that particular piece in, how I isolated it, and then played it. So... You guys check out this disembodied voice that came from the haunted Dybbuk box behind me. It sounds Turkish, <clears throat> just as Rick said. We have no <coughs> clue as to what that translates, and I have tried. I have tried using Google Translate. I've tried transcri uh, transcribing software. I've tried everything, and nothing is coming out of this, but something is being said in another language. So you guys check that out, and we'll be right back. The one that really gets me, Rick is the one I'm about to pull out. This is something Zach Baggins would jump at. Oh God. Oh. I just got, oh my God, I just got freaking cold chills. This, yeah, so did I. this was the little girl's nightie. Oh, 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 oh. The one that really gets me, Rick, is the one I'm about to pull out. This is something Zach Baggins would jump at. Oh, God. Oh.
All right, you just checked out a voice that was caught live on this show. Right, and right. it's incredible because, like Rick said, it's as plain as day. You know, what, mm -hmm. what's interesting is you wouldn't have heard it live. No. Because, like I said, it's in the left channel, which, which is me. Yeah. Um, but the I guess because you were talking and I was focused on you, I just didn't pick up on it you know so but the, but it, maybe it's not a disembodied voice and just a straight up evp i i you know it could very well be uh, <laughs> sorry smalls has got she barks at everything so you talk and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna mute it no it's just uh, smalls agrees you said you know it could just be a straight up evp and what's what's interesting about that is just the way you know, electronic voice phenomena truly works. You know, some people say it only works with magnetic tape. Some people get the stuff on digital audio recorders. Well, this was obviously recording digitally. And my first concern, because it didn't hit me right away, was, well, whose side was that on? But then once I dropped it into my audio software and can see both channels, and saw it, well, this definitely happened on this side, where the right. box is at, you know? And, and it's like, okay, this is getting even better. And I have, Rick, I have probably listened to this thing over a hundred times. You yeah. know, I, I keep telling you that the last part of it sounds like Adam, which, you mm -hmm. know, in English is a person's name. Sure. Um, in, in Turkish, I, I looked up Adam, and that means man. Okay. Okay. I, I can't say that's what's being said for sure, but it does translate to something in Turkish. Yeah. It's yeah. those that, that first couple parts there that it kind of fades in or maybe isn't quite as loud. I, I, I don't know, but it's not as defined as the last part. Uh, right. You know, when, when I, I did look up that did look up that word that I suspected that it was that it was going to be. And um, I came up with things like last names, um, words in other languages, like in Chinese. And, uh, but I couldn't find anything that was Turkish. I looked it up in Hebrew, it took, looked it up in Yiddish, looked it up in you know, various different um, countries that are around Turkey. And just nothing. Couldn't find anything except for a last name. So maybe it's their last name, I don't know. Or was their last name. 
I don't either. And you know that that was exciting enough. <laughs> that was exciting enough because what's interesting. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there is, and you're gonna have to wait. But what's interesting about that is, you know, I don't think people, you know, think about it often. You know, when they when they think haunted, mm-hmm. and capturing uh, paranormal activity, there's a stereotype that goes along with that. You know, they sure. picture the old house. You know, they just this uh, dismal, tragic history. You know, Th- this isn't the first time this has happened. Mm-hmm. Recording through Skype. Yeah. You know, we've we've captured anomalies on on Rick's side where things have happened in that house. We've captured anomalies on this side where things have happened in this house. I've done other shows with people, like with Terry over at One Step Close, uh, One Step Closer to Madness. You know, where he had a water bottle thrown through his house during the show, a broom fall in the kitchen. You know, these things happen. You, it doesn't have to be all Zach Bagginsy. Yeah, you know, well, you know, the the thing that we captured on on my end was the shadow or something passing behind me through the kitchen. Now, while we were recording this, I'm the only person in the house because my wife and my son are over at uh, her parents' house on Sundays when we record the show. Um, and the farm that we live on, while it is a huge working corporate farm, there's nobody here on Sundays you know, except for today. There's some guys doing some work out there, but they're not anywhere near our kitchen. They're, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred, a couple hundred feet away where they're working. So whatever that was, I, I, I don't know. Um, I have no explanation for that, but, um, you know, there have been other things in, in my house. Like one night we had some friends over and we're sitting here at our dining room table and I look up and I watch a little girl go running up the stairs to my son's room. I remember you telling so here, me about that. Yeah. So here, I'll show you the, uh, so it's it's right over there. Ladies and gentlemen, a virtual tour of the Hale Estate. So there is the, uh, there's the stairs right there. So I'm, I'm sitting facing the window and I look up and I see this little girl dressed in white go running up my son's room, running up the stairs. And um, I was like, my, everybody's asking me like, what is wrong with you? Cause my face had just turned white because I did not expect anything like that in our house. So if there is something, if there is something in our house, I'm thinking it's probably uh, stone tape theory mm-hmm. and it's not anything that's intelligent because I've never interacted with anything in this house. Well, you know, it just, before we wrap this segment up, it, it makes me think we're in such a digital age, man, where everybody every day is recording video conferencing everything is just digital now and video and you know you're you're on facebook i mean this ups the chances of capturing something inadvertently with more people out there recording it's just do you notice it or does it go without noticing you know so with that being said Mm -hmm. guys we have on film he gets so excited we have on film a, a true manifestation that derived from this Dybbuk box. And I know you are dying to see it. We are dying to show it to you. But love it. we're love going to be it. assholes, and, and you're going to have to wait. Because when we come back, we're going to kick the next segment off with Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. And you, Dave Smalls loves it. He's like, yeah, Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. Who let the Ghost Watch out? 
I don't know. I don't know why I gave him that voice. I'll never do it again. I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> if so, she doesn't sound like that. We're gonna t- we're gonna take Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. He's gonna he's gonna talk about the Bore Me to Death Entourage, and after that, we're gonna show what is it a place called again? Uh, Borg Vatnet Vicarage in Sweden. Borg Vatnet Vicarage. Bore Me to Death Entourage. You, same thing. You guys get it. So, anyways, guys, check out this commercial. We come back, Rick Hale's Ghost Watch, and then we're going to show you one of the most amazing pieces of footages. Footages? <laughs> one of the most amazing pieces of footages footage I have ever seen. So, guys, don't go anywhere. I just got, oh my god, I just got freaking cold chills. This, yeah, so this was the little girl's nighty. Oh. Cause this little girl was raped and killed. And that's her stuff sitting in front of me. Either an inhuman spirit, or some people think that it's a human spirit that is held to this box. So here we are again, uh, another Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV confessional. Um, I'm really starting to like this this segment. This this is alone time with you guys. Um, I'm starting to think that Rick's dog would be a be a good uh, addition to the show. I like her attitude. I do. You notice like when Rick talks, the dog just is basically saying "shut up." You know what I mean? Well, anyways, here we go. On today's Ghost Watch, this was an article that I wrote for uh, ParanormalStudy.com. Everything that I do here on the show is all written by me. I don't take from anybody else. So, in the far northern snowy wastes of Sweden can be found the tiny village of Borgvatnet. Although the village boasts a minuscule population of only about 50 souls, it is allegedly one of the most haunted places in Europe. According to those who live there, the dead not only walk but they also outnumber the living. For the most part, the people of this remote village have learned to peacefully coexist with the dearly departed. There is one exception, Borgvatnet Vicarage, a former house of the holy where the dead are drawn like a moth to a flame. If the reports are true, this one-time vicarage is truly a house of horror. This house is shrouded in mystery. Why the house is so active with spine-chilling supernatural activity is completely unknown. The house was built in 1876 as a home for the village's clergy and their family. For the first 50 years, the vicars of Borgvanet lived peacefully with no talk of ghosts. All that changed in 1927 when chaplain Nils Hedlund took possession of the house. 
with the new resident, hell broke loose all at once. The first documented incident of the inexplicable and unexplained occurred to Headland as he was performing a task most of us take for granted. He was doing his laundry. While hanging his clothes on a line, Headland watched in awe as some unseen agent of chaos tore the clothes from the line and ripped them to shreds. Following this first incident, the haunting of the house took on a dimension of true horror. Screams rang out in the middle of the night from nowhere, but yet from everywhere. Headland, a devoutly religious man, believed something diabolical resided in his house. But as for what that something was, he could only speculate. With Headland's short tenure in the house over, Rudolf Tangen was the next resident of the vicarage to come face to face with something nightmarish. Tangden had heard rumors of his new home being haunted, but he paid them no mind. They were merely rumors, and he didn't believe in ghosts and ghouls. Tangden's flippant attitude changed shortly after moving in. One night, Tangden was stirred from his slumber by the unnerving sensation of being watched. With his eyes fully awake, he scanned the dark room until his eyes settled on a figure standing in his bedchamber. A woman in a gray dress stood before him, staring down at him with cold, dead eyes. Tangden gathered whatever ounce of courage he had, jumped from his bed, and approached the mysterious woman. Before he could utter a word, Tangden watched as the woman abruptly vanished, leaving him stunned. In the wake of Tangden's dramatic encounter with the Great Lady of Borgvatnet Vicarage, each vicar that followed him experienced intense paranormal activity. Household items moved around, the moved around the house as if guided by an unknown intelligence. Phantom footsteps can be heard sneaking around the house. An eerie music wafted around the house on a breeze. One visitor woke up in the middle of the night to see three elderly women sitting on a couch, sobbing as if they were mourning the passing of a loved one. When she turned on the lights, the apparitions remained for a few more moments until they faded away. It should be further noted, the room didn't have a couch. Whatever this visitor saw was clearly the vision of an event long since past. As with any haunted place, the question is eventually asked, why is the seemingly innocent vicarage so haunted? Unfortunately, no one can really say with any certainty. Nevertheless, there have been a few theories offered to explain the presence of these ghosts. Some villagers believe it's past residents who haunt this house. One theory has it that a former maid found herself in the unenviable situation of being pregnant outside of wedlock. When she gave birth, she committed the horrific crime of murdering her newborn and then took her own life. Some feel the gray lady is this tortured maid and the wailing of a baby heard frequently is her infant that she murdered. A second theory involves a former vicar who lost his wife while she was giving birth to their 11th child. Devastated by the loss, the vicar buried her on the property, but then did something unthinkable. When he moved out of the house, he dug up her body and took it with him. Many have come to believe this violation of the sanctity of the grave caused the house to be haunted. Currently, Borgvinet Vicarage no longer houses men of the cloth and their families. The house is now operated as a popular bed and breakfast for people traveling in the region. And as you guessed it, the house is still very much haunted.
Guests have complained of hearing an infant crying and witnessing dark apparitions wandering around the halls and rooms. One guest was reportedly grabbed by an unseen hand and dragged across the second floor landing. He and his wife were so frightened by the incident, they opted to sleep in a tent in the chilly night air. Borgvatnet Vicarage in northern Sweden certainly is not for the timid or faint of heart. Powerful supernatural forces clearly hold this house captive and show no signs if you of ever relenting. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Look, you know, that place I've heard a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, what's interesting is its reputation. Yet there is very little out there to look at. You know, to, you know, the audio clips, any kind of pictures, video, and, you know, unless you watch Ghost Hunters International and, and go with what their producers put together. Well, know. that's, you know, that, that, that's where I got the idea for it, uh, because I, I remember them doing an episode at, at theirs, and I had to dig deep, man. I mean, deep, to find anything um, to back up those stories, because, you know, yes, it's a television show, so you should take it as entertainment and with a grain of salt but you know i'm finding a couple of different uh websites where people agree that this is what happens here Mm -hmm. so yeah it's real general type haunting phenomena but i would not write about something nor would i bring it into an episode of ghost watch um unless i felt that there was enough there to say that yeah this place is possibly haunted very cool man well, with that being said, guys, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I know you've been sitting there, you've been dying, we've been talking about it all week, we've been showing previews, trailers, all kinds of teasers, and literally, guys, when we hype up something, that means something. You guys heard right. the voice, you heard this mysterious disembodied voice, but we also captured a manifestation. So guys, check out this commercial. And when we come back, we're going to show you, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be amazing. So stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Welcome back, guys, to the season finale of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with ghost hunter and author Rick Hale, this guy, Stephen Lancaster, the man of many names. So we'll just leave it at that. Some good, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, some no, no, bad. No, 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 no. You, you opened it up by saying that. What is the many names that you are known by? 
Oh, there's, you know, paranormal researcher, paranormal, the Conqueror. paranormal investigator, phenomenologist, uh, sexiest ghost hunter. You know, some of these I just can't avoid. You know, the reputation's yeah. out there. Uh, well, if Siri says it, it must be true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Indy. I, I had that nickname my whole life. Um, but anyway, uh, so guys, you know... We did the episode on the Dybbuk Box last week, the little Haunted Salvage segment, and we captured that voice that you heard, and if you're just now tuning in, you can watch this back in the archive and, and hear it for yourself. And please leave your comments. It, it, if you happen to be educated on that language and know exactly what it's saying or what you think it's saying, please let us know, because this research doesn't stop here now that I know this thing is giving off something. Game on. So yeah. there'll, be, there'll be more down the road, and as a matter of fact... Um, we're probably going to do a, a special this summer where we're going to bring on the original owner of this box. Um, not the original, original owner, but the guy who acquired the box after the tragedy. We're going to bring him on. He's a haunted collector, so it'll be interesting to hear his take. But I was recording, like I always do, trying to make us, uh, you know, teaser videos, little previews for our upcoming episodes, stuff like that. And, you know, I was excited. I got a new iPhone 12 Pro Max. Does this very nice slow motion um, recording. So I was recording shots of the Dybbuk box. I took the contents out. And one of the more disheartening pieces uh, inside is this little girl's nightgown. So I had taken it to my right over here where I have a lot of antique stuff set up. And I just kind of draped the nightgown. And I was just literally holding my phone like this, just shooting in slow motion, um, the nightgown to use for promotional material about the Dibbing Box episode. And I didn't see it happen at the time. I'm just filming like this. You know, I'm looking around my room, getting ideas, what else I can record for this trailer. And all this week, you guys have seen the trailer. And guess what? You have seen this manifestation and probably didn't even know it until we point it out. And then you're going to be like, how did I not see that? So I get it. I get super excited. I haven't even had a shower or nothing. I turn my camera on. I'm like, Rick, you know, you've got to see this. I'm like, how can I get this video to him? So I upload it privately. I'm like, Rick, check this out. You know, this, right. this is what just happened. Rick, what, what were your thoughts initially? When I first saw it, I thought that it was... I, I saw it's kind of like a shimmering look. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a reflection of some kind. Mm -hmm. But then I watched it over and over and over again, and I noticed that the shimmering uh, was happening um, independent of what is behind it. And so it's not a reflection. Um, I, I just like watched this shimmering come up and then just sort of, dissipate and disappear and i thought to myself it's like that is quite possibly one of the best pieces of paranormal evidence and again when you showed it to me i was at this um um park with my son this you know one of these play places and it's like i'm sitting there and i'm like nerding out and there's other parents around me like why looking at me like whoa what's this guy's problem <laughs> Rick, is there anything around you reflecting? I don't think so. Why? The moment, the moment you started talking about shimmering, 
literal shimmering has been happening behind you and all around you. Okay, you're going to have to uh, show me this because um, obviously I'm not seeing it. And I didn't see anything in here. Yeah, I, I've got a window to my right. It just did it. Uh, it just did it again above your head. It went. Okay. And to my left is a uh, is the staircase. Is the stair- oh my god! I just saw. Yes, it. yes. You see what I'm saying? I just saw that. Oh, there it is again! It's like coming behind you. This is badass. There it is again. What the hell? Literally, as soon as you started talking about the (laughs) shimmering, literally, and I'm sitting here like, wait, wait. Get out of town. There it is again. What the hell? Hold on a second. I'm looking. I just saw it. Like, Is there a a window on this side of you? There's a window directly in front of me. Now it's not doing Hold it. On. Now it's not doing it. Oh, small says you guys are fucked. Oh. Jamie must never see this. I, oh my god, dude! I was just about to grab my phone and go, uh, Jamie. Uh, there's something you need to know. <laughs> There, there is a window in front of me, but there's nothing out there that should be casting that. It, there's a little breeze outside today. But I have never seen that. In 18 episodes, I have never seen that. And I sit in the same area every single week, as you can see. That's my kitchen. And we record so virtually at the same kitchen. time every week. You know? Yeah. I have that I is awesome. Don't know what that was. I, that is awesome. So, with that, God, I got chills again. With that being said, this is just turning out to be a fantastic finale. Uh, <laughs> with that being no, said, no, seriously, ladies and gentlemen, I've never seen that. No, that was a genuine reaction never from you, dude. I have never seen you that excited, except at a buffet. Okay, I'm just waiting for it to happen again, and it hasn't. Or when you get your little hair club for men thing in the mail. <laughs> so, guys, speaking, okay. inadvertent is the word of the day. We need a little Muppet to come up and say today's word is inadvertent because everything is being inadvertently captured here from the voice to whatever that anomaly was behind Rick earlier. At the moment, he said, shimmering. I couldn't, you couldn't ask for better timing. And what I'm about to show you. And I didn't notice it at the time. I was filming a preview for this show. Dropped all the footage in the computer. I start putting it together, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. then it's like, gotta show Rick. <laughs> gotta show Rick. So, guys, check this out. What you're seeing is part of my studio, a lot of antiques sitting there, and that's where I thought it would make a great backdrop for this gown that came from the little girl that this Dybbuk box is rooted around. And I filmed it, 
and you will see this manifestation come up from that gown this is real this is amazing it has now hit my top five uh, pieces of footage that I own that's just absolutely incredible I wasn't ghost hunting I wasn't looking for anything it just happened and that makes it even better and with that being said I'll tell people I've worked over a thousand some cases yeah you guys see some amazing shit on this show but when you compare it in the grand scheme of things to how many times I've investigated the shit we show you is actually a very very small amount when 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 you consider how many places I've researched you know cuz I that was one thing I wanted to bring up too back during your paranormal bullying and all that shit was oh Lancaster's always capturing something no, that's not necessarily true. I show you the times I capture something. There it goes again. I saw it. I'm not showing you the thousand other times that I didn't. You know, but but mm -hmm. anyways. Guys, yeah. check out this footage. When we come back, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Prepare to be amazed. Put it up on the big screen. We'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, all right, and welcome back to episode 18 of the Shadow Initiative. We are your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And you just saw an amazing piece of evidence um, that, for whatever reason, seems to be going with whatever's happening behind me in my own house. But, Stephen, that is like, that's, that's a fantastic, extraordinary video. And, you know, like, you we like you were saying off air that you know people are going to see that and think that we're like staging stuff and it's like i can tell you we're not <laughs> so your video is amazing because it's done so slow yes. and you see it just rise up and go up and then dude dissipate you, you yearn for something like that and, and 
to be using my new phone, it was filming in 4K, slow motion, like like 120 frames a second. No, 240 frames a second, I think. And it's like, oh my God, why couldn't I have captured everything I've ever, ever captured with that clarity? Yeah. Golly, man. Yes, Ray, it's going to be bigger than the microchip. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about the Twinkie. <laughs> What about the Twinkie? <laughs> so, guys, we've made it. 18 episodes of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television. We couldn't be happier to be doing this show. It's been a fun ride. We've had great guests. More great guests coming for Season 2. Yep. Uh, God, lots of cool stuff. We're, we, we're going to... It's almost like now we're, we're building this storyline with what's going on, and we're going to keep revisiting it. You know, we're, we're hoping to this summer... Or in season two, bring on the guy I got the Dybbuk box from. Um, he has many haunted items in his collection he's going to be talking about. That's what he does. He researches them. He films them. He leaves cameras running on them. So he's going to have some stuff he's going to send me that we can show. Uh, it's going to be an awesome episode. Yeah, we're going to have to do. We're, we're going to have to devote that entire episode yeah. to uh, this gentleman and what he's got going on because. Yeah, from from everything you've said, he's he's uh, got a lot of activity. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, too, that he's a young guy. And, and to be as into it as he is, um, you, you wouldn't see him in the street and think, that guy's a haunted collector who spends 90% of his life studying haunted objects. You'd never think that. Mm -hmm. um, real, real interesting kid. Uh, so, there goes again. I know, I saw it. This time it just went... From behind me and then up. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck with all that. Now yeah. it just came from the other side. Now it just came from the like the stair side. There is no rhyme or reason to it. I, I don't understand where this is coming from. But uh, you know what? Oh well, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on that we have eighteen shows. Fourteen thousand uh, unique watchers shadows whatever you want to call them you love us you really love us yes it's amazing and the shows just keep getting better and better you know we're right. we're learning what's working what's not every episode's an experiment for us you know sometimes we hit it on the head sometimes it's just a bust you know mm -hmm. we're, we're learning technical technological aspects that make the show better and we're just going to continue to make the show better you know, I kind of hate to see us go for the summer, but it's always good to take a break because we are paranormal investigators and we've got work to do. <laughs> come back. We're going to come back in September, fresh and new. We're going to have some new people on the show, and uh, we're going to show you some uh, some new stuff. I mean, uh, Stephen, you yourself, you have books that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. Correct? I'm finishing up one that's going to come out this month. Uh, probably late this month, uh, called The Haunts and Haints of North Carolina, where it mm. completely focuses on the locations I've investigated over and over and over again in the state of North Carolina. Then I'm working on one that I hope's complete for the Brentwood Wine Bistro. I want to get it out this year. And mm -hmm. maybe another one. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, And um, myself, I'm going to be working on my fourth book, and it is going to be a compilation of, uh, of Ghostwatch. I'm going to put a, a lot of the places that I've written for, the various 
uh, places that I've written over the years, you know, places like uh, uh, websites like Paranormal Study, um, SpookyIsles.com, Supernatural Magazine, Paranormal Underground Magazine, Legends Magazine, almost half a dozen places that I've written for over the years. Going to be compiling it all into one volume, and um, you know, it's going to be a you know Ghost Watch. So not only can you hear it on the show, you can read it and own it as well. Right. So lucky if, you. If you're looking for more ways to get bored. Rick does not disappoint. As if Mm-mm. watching him isn't enough, now you can do it from a book. You can be already laying in bed. Just open that book, you're out. You are yeah. out. If you have trouble sleeping, there you go. It's going to be great uh, great bedtime and toilet reading. Oh, oh you know I'm going to flag that. I'm going to be sitting there. <laughs> while I, yep, yep. I'll t- I, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Rick, on Chapter 2, you should have seen the dump I took. You know what I mean? People want to know this stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they, they want to know our uh, scatol, uh, scatological habits. But guys, keep the comments coming. Email us if you have a guest, a story you would like to share on this show, because it is real people, real stories. Um, you know, just anything. Please share. If, if there's somebody out there that, that you know would dig our show, from from the the uh, serious content to the the comical aspect share us you know we're we're one of a kind there's nothing like this show Mm -hmm. out there we can honestly say that for good or worse (laughs) you know (laughs) for better or worse there's nothing like us so (laughs) with that being said let's wrap this thing up and uh we'll see y'all hopefully for a summer special yeah and if not we'll see you in the fall take care guys have a good day